So this is another episode of Matt Mullenweg, who's the founder of WordPress. He has this new podcast that's all about remote work because uh, WordPress is like a, he calls it a distributed company. It's like 800 employees, no offices. And uh, I'm particularly interested in the subject because I think remote work is arguably one of the most important, um, like, uh, like the more the most important byproducts of this new the new like technology the, the the age we're in and i think it solves a lot of problems especially for um introverts but not only just for introverts just for in general from commuting to uh being able to have some kind of arbitrage as far as like you could make more money uh working remotely and then uh, relocate to like a, a place that has like a, a better you know cost of living you just don't have to be the reason I bring that up, I guess, is because a lot of where like the high paying jobs are, they're also where there's like really expensive real estate and high cost of living. So uh, remote work kind of solves this problem. So anyways, uh, Stephen Wolfram, who is this uh, insane genius kind of character, uh, has been one of the longest uh, like practitioners of remote work. He's been a remote, uh, he's been CEO and founder of uh, his company for 31 years and 28 of those years he's been running the company remotely. So let's just jump into some of the the ideas he has. And he says, this is probably uh, one of the reasons he's most famous. He says, I developed this area of science called complexity theory. I decided to start a company that will build the tools that I want for myself. This is the the products that Wolfram Research actually creates. These tools are useful to lots of other people in the world. So anytime you use a voice assistant, you're using technology that Stephen Wolfram uh, developed or contributed to the development of. So he says back when he started a company, he says, we started the company in Champaign, Illinois. That is probably not the first choice as to where to start a technology company. So eventually, or not eventually, at the very beginning, everybody, you know, that you could only recruit people that live close to Champaign, Illinois. So that's another problem that uh, remote work helps because now he's got people, he's got employees, he's got around 800 employees too, and they're in like 29 different countries. He just can go wherever the talent is. He doesn't have to say, okay, well, let me own limit. Think about how silly this sounds. And this is how still vast majority of companies run. I'm going to build the best company and to build the best company, I'm going to assemble the best talent. But guess what? That talent can only be about 25 mile radius from where my office is. Like that's ridiculous. So he says, we got off to a quick start. I was injecting ideas into the company at a very high rate. However, I was getting more and more frustrated that these things weren't getting done. So this next sentence is going to give you an idea like the pace and the intensity this guy operates at. He goes, just a few years ago, we completed our 1991 to-do list. Um, at this time, he says, I decided to step back and spend most of my time doing basic science. I was the main person to start working off-site. Um, this is when he starts uh, running uh, the company remotely. Uh, Matt asked him later on, did you raise venture capital? He says, no, uh, there's no outside money. Not having venture capital is great. I don't have a boss. I recommend it. Um, he's, and then he, right around the time he's talking about this, he says something that's, that I think most people would disagree with. I think he's trying to be humble here, though. You know, I don't think he knows he's not really like a humble person. Um, I mean, he, he, not that he has a reason to be, but um, he says, I don't, I think of myself as a pretty, as pretty average at business. And I think anybody that can build a company, uh, run the same company for 30 years and have it be profitable every single year and have hundreds of employees, I don't think anybody else is going to consider that person average at business. But I think what he's saying is he's better at technology than he is at running a company. Uh, he says, we've been profitable every year for, 30, uh, for 31 years now. That is achieved by a very simple formula. Spend less than you make. Uh, he says, to, uh, and then he's talking about, you know, when he's hiring employees and when he's thinking about running his company, the focus is, can you be productive? 
where you live is your independent business. I love that. That he's like, listen, as long as you're you're doing the work and being productive and contributing to the company, then it's not, why is it any of my business where you are? Uh, he had some tips that they use for remote collaboration. We never use video conferencing. It's always screen sharing and voice. He talks about some people get distracted video conferencing. They feel they have, may have to dress a certain way or maybe they're worried about their background or whatever case. He's like, I don't care what they look like. I care what they're saying and what they're doing. Um, and then just linked to something. So I saw this on Twitter. It went viral like, I don't know, a few months ago. It is absolutely insane, and I mean that in the most positive way. It's this blog post of his, and it's called, it's titled, Seeking the Productive Life, Some Details on My Personal Infrastructure. So I love this idea because I've thought about, um, I use the term personal operating system, but you could easily use personal infrastructure. It's just like, what are, what are the, the processes and the systems and the tools that you use to make yourself productive and to get your work done, right? Um, so the, the description of this blog post, it's a very comprehensive view of Stephen's entire personal operating system. It takes an incredibly long time to read too, but if you're interested in it, um, he's, he shares basically everything about his life, which is fascinating. And one of those things that I thought was fascinating, and he's got, again, just a very pragmatic way to look at things. He live streams all his internal meetings. And why? He says, I started live streaming the meetings because I thought they were fascinating. It's a shame for them to just go off into the ether. So that's a good point. Like there could be a lot of things that are that are beneficial to your company. And if you record them, you can make it a podcast, you can make it a video, whatever you want to do, but you're at least preserving it. And then somebody two years later, 15 years later can watch it and get a benefit from it. So I think that's one, again, one of the joys of the internet is that it's a giant copy machine um, and that you can access thing you access things not like like is it beneficial to people now but he, assuming these recordings survive he could be benefiting somebody 20 30 years down the road you know i for founders podcast i can't tell you how many times i've read books that are uh, you know in case of like ben franklin's autobiography things 200 years old it's still valuable today um so the fact that he took the time to write that down and then can serve people centuries in the future is amazing. But, you know, it doesn't have to be 200 years. I read books that are 40 years old, 60 years old, 15 years old. I just love that. Um, and then he talks about something. I've been, I'm in the middle on Founders Podcast. Of, uh, it's going to wind up being, I don't, need, I don't even know, like six or ten different podcasts in a row. All about like the lessons that spawned from studying Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And then now in turn, I'm studying all the people they have learned from. And this is something that they bring up over and over again. It's part of the reason why Berkshire Hathaway has this weird decentralized um, for a congl for a giant conglomerate, which is what it is. It's like 500 billion market cap. I think they have like 180 or 120 billion dollars in the bank right now, and yet it's completely decentralized. And so, um, the, all the businesses they own, they let management, they kind of just leave them alone. But the two things that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger take take uh, control of is um, capital allocation. So what do they do with the profits that all their businesses are, um, are generating every year? And then compensation, like how are their managers and CEOs compensated? And the reason they, are, they have such a strong emphasis on, com on compensation is because they understand the power of incentives, right? Charlie Munger has his famous quotes. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me at the moment. But it says something like, I've been in the top 5% of the, my age cohort all my life of understanding the power of incentives. And every year I learn that I don't understand it as much. Like basically still learning about it. So he understands that that human behavior is largely shaped um, by the incentive structures that we all operate in. And Stephen is picking up on something here. He's like, listen, the, some of the cracks that are happening in the technology industry come from a lack of alignment. Who are the actual customers? 
the actual customers are the advertisers, not the people. So therefore, the, the business has a huge incentive to serve the advertisers and not the people. And so Stephen, in large part, he, they just charge money. <laughs> Old-fashioned as it may be, but like something that, that's how businesses existed for, for entire uh, the entire time business has been around is just I have a product or service and you desire or you benefit from that product or service, so you hand over money. Like it's very simple. I don't understand why we feel the need to complicate things. And Stephen's kind of hitting on that. Uh, then he says, listen, what is the, the role of a founder or a CEO? He says, I see a large part of my role in this company is matching the talented people we have with the projects we want to do. Another just straightforward, pragmatic uh, view. Um, he, he came. There's a lot of different ways people ask for jobs. And I love this one. This was a unique way somebody asked him for a job. He, uh, somebody sent him a message. He said, I've, I've, I've been reporting bugs in your software for six or seven years now. I want to come and help fix them. So Stephen thought that was pretty cool. And then finally, I'll close on this. And I just he was asked, like, what are the traits that make people successful? Another straightforward. He says, independence of mind. Keep your thinking apparatus engaged at all times. And don't bullshit. 